those of you joining us online, I want to appreciate God for your lives. And um, whether you are watching this live or you are going to be watching this later on, uh, you are very welcome to the service. Take your time to enjoy everything God wants to do with us. And um, I believe that the power of God that is present with us in this place will reach you right where you are in Jesus' name. I was privileged last week to be uh, at a church, one of our local churches in Briley Hill, uh, with a brother, a, a friend of mine. Um, he took over the church very recently as senior leader in the church, and um, he's been doing some fantastic work, trying to reju rejuvenate this great work that God has done in that, in that church for many years. And um, it's so encouraging to see the brethren, um, quite a number of elderly people who are very local to the area, and um, to see their passion and desire to just want to keep going. So it was a really refreshing experience for me. And I was saying to them, just this time, about this time last week, thereabouts, and I was saying to them that I've been a very privileged person all my life. For five decades of my life, I've lived in church. And um, I get so used to, I can go into any church and just blend, because I've been to so many kinds of churches. In 50 years, you would have been about a bit, if you were raised like myself. And so it's a privilege for me. They were reading from hymns and, you know, hymn books and everything. And, you know, I was just remembering about 30, 40 years ago that that's what I used to do. And uh, it was such a sweet experience. This God is a faithful God. And I know that everywhere he's dealing with every one of his children, he's going to be doing something new in every one of our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus. I want to appreciate... Uh, God for Pastor Moses. He's not here today. He's had to be on some assignments today. And um, last Sunday, he led us very powerfully on a topic of the embracing of the ministering angels, which is, was the third in our series uh, of this unraveling the mystery of godliness. And I want to thank God that message. I think I listened to it about two or three times in the course of the week. And it's such a blessing. I want to encourage you, especially those of you that may not be too used to our social media feeds on, 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 um, in, in the church, I want to please ask, subscribe. LiveGate Outreach TV is our uh, YouTube channel. Subscribe to it. Make sure that you, you, you have it in your uh, subscription list. And also, I want to say to you that if you have subscribed, in the last few months, we have started to do something. We have a playlist. So each, I think the last two series or three series are on a playlist. So each message, each com complete message, if you go into our LiveGate Outreach TV page, you will see a playlist for this series, for example, Unraveling the Mystery of Godliness, you will see a playlist for it. Eternal Life Now, which we did before now, you will see a playlist for it. So all the messages will be there. That is a good way to be studious and to be able to follow we are a teaching church, and um, that is the mandate God gave to us. Ever since this, I mounted this pulpit on the 30th, 30th of, of August 2013, 30th of August, the Friday night that we had before the dedication of 31st of August. I stood here for three hours leading the congregation. I did not move. No choir, nobody intervened. Three hours and that day God told me, this is your mandate, you keep teaching the people. 30th of August, 2013. It was a Friday night. And we've been doing that. Every Sunday in this place is a teaching business. We are about the word of God. And so God is helping us in different ways. So please subscribe, Live with Outreach TV. And we also have it on podcast. If you don't want the audio, you can have it on the podcast as well. 
either on Android or iOS platforms, all the platforms you can find all the messages there. So please subscribe and make these messages help you. Today, our fourth session is looking at the theme, Shining Light. Do we have the banner today, please? And um, you can see as the star has been moving down, this is the fourth one. We started with Manifested in the Flesh, uh, Power of Justification, Enjoying Angelic Ministration and Shining Light last week. Uh, today, last week, enjoying angelic ministration, and today is shining lights. Next Sunday, the fifth session will finish the focus on First Timothy chapter three, verse sixteen. Okay. However, we will continue with another set of themes of boldness by righteousness, promotion, divine health, and stability by righteousness as part of this mystery of godliness. So you know, that will be throughout the month of June. So you don't want to miss any of it. And I believe God that um, he will be ministering to you in Jesus' name. Now, as a reminder, this mystery of godliness is what Jesus went through, okay? And that we also should go through. Every one of us, as children of God, born again, also must be partakers of this mystery of godliness. Let's start with our theme scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, again. Let's read it together. Everybody want to go. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, number one. Justified in the spirit, number two. Seen by angels, number three. Preached among Gentiles, number four. Believed on in the world, number five. And received up in glory, number six. So six things there, we have compressed it into five. We have looked at how he was manifested in the flesh and why that is important for us. We are also born in the flesh. We are born into this world for a purpose. We are not born again before we were born. We were born so that we can become born again. Praise the Lord. We were born so that we can become justified in the spirit. And then last week we said one of the inheritance of those who are justified in the spirit, those who have been born again, is the fact that they are a people who are to be seen by angels. Hebrews 1.14 was very central to what we discussed all of last week, that these people are a people that have the privilege of the ministration of angels. Why should we just be enjoying the ministry of angels? So is it just because we are born again and then he wants us to just be enjoying angels, preventing us from accidents, angels providing for us, and, and all those things we discussed last week? No. It is for the purpose of what we are discussing today. Because there is a need for us to preach among the Gentiles and a need for our message to be believed. Jesus himself was seen. Those of us that were online uh, or maybe not earlier on in the service, uh, Dr. Ephraim read for us Matthew chapter 4 from verse 1 to verse 17 as a Bible reading today. And the first 12 verses was specific on how God took Jesus through a process of temptation and uh, delivered him from, from Satan. And you know the story. I wouldn't waste much time on that. We have read it before. That is Matthew chapter 4 from verse 1 to verse 12. And in verse 12, the Bible says that he left, the, the, Satan left him and angels ministered to him. So as we can see, 
He who was justified in the spirit. Just before that time, he was baptized. And when he was baptized, we heard the voice that said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And we said that was, he was justified in the spirit. Then he was led into temptation by, he was led into the wilderness to be tempted. And the devil could not overcome him. But at the same time, he enjoyed the first, the evidence of him after birth, enjoying uh, angelic ministration as we saw after when he was um, tempted. So what I'm trying to say is that we have a journey. Every one of us must understand that the reason we are enjoying angelic ministration and God is protecting our lives is so that we can be shining lights. So that we can be preached on in the world just like he was and so that we can be believed on as well. So it is important that we understand this. Many people claim divine protection. We claim divine health and divine all these things, divine promotion. Why should God promote me? Why should God give me good health? Is it just so that I can live and be going about? That's a waste of such precious gifts. Why should God give me anything? If it is not going to be. When he called Abraham, he said, I will bless you so that you can do what? Be a blessing. Ultimately, everything you are enjoying in your justification, in your angelic ministration, and in your benefits in this life, divine provision, divine promotion, all those things that we will talk about that you are enjoying, is so that you can shine the light, so that you can be preaching the same message. In Matthew chapter 4 from verse 13, the Bible says concerning Jesus, he gave us that example. He said, and he Leaving Nazareth, came to dwell in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali. Verse 14. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, verse 15. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Now, let us read verse 16 together loud and clear. Wherever you are, please read it. It's on the screen as well. Well, verse 16, verse 16. The Bible says, The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. Verse 17. He said, From the time, verse 17, thank you. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand giving us an example that he is the light, he has come to manifest the light, but it is about the kingdom of heaven that everyone needs to repent. Repentance is what gives everybody who is under the darkness of this world access to that light that he has come to give. John chapter 1 from verse 4, the Bible says, In him was life, and that life was the light of man. And that light, verse 5, Verse 5, and that light, and the light shines in the, the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. This is a light that is unstoppable. This is the light that existed before the sun was made. This is the light that does not need the sun to shine like the moon does. This is the light that is light, the light of lights. Hallelujah. The Bible says it shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. If you go straight to verse 9, it said that was the true light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. The light of Jesus Christ. So 
every one of us must understand that if the mystery of godliness says Jesus was preached among the Gentiles and believed on in the world, it's talking about the light he came to shine to the Gentiles who were living in a dark place, in Naphtali, in Zebulon, as type of those who were outcasts, those who were not partakers of the light. So in John 9, 5, he said, as long as I am in this world, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Re-echoing what he said in John 8, 12, when he said, I am the light of the world. Anyone that follows me, even if he was in darkness, such a person shall have the light of life. So as people who have been helped of God to embrace that light through our justification, we are also commanded to manifest as shining lights. This is where the title of our message today has come from. That we are shining lights because we are partaker of the lights of God. The light of God is working in us. Hallelujah. In Matthew chapter 5 verse 14, the one who is the light of the world said to us, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, so that it gives light to all who are in the house. Let's read verse 16 together. Look at verse 16 and, and, and point to your neighbor at the same time. Point to your neighbor and say, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Look to the other neighbor. Let's read it again. Tell the other neighbor now. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. You have the light, so let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine. You and I have to allow our lights to shine. We used to sing it piously. It's not a little light. It's a big light. Hallelujah. When the smallest candle is lit in a dark room, you will know that it's not a little light. <laughs> Hallelujah. Darkness is afraid of light, no matter how small that light is. If you see a five-year-old that is already born again and a 40-year-old man that is full of darkness, the man that is 40 years old will be afraid of that little boy because the darkness in the, in the, in the older man will be scared of the light in that little child. So every one of us must understand. He said, you are the light of the world. You are a city set on a hill that is hid and cannot be hid. Romans 8, 19, we don't need to turn to it. We quote it a lot. The Bible says that the earnest expectation of the creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. There is a dark world that is telling you that they don't want your light, but what they are saying inadvertently is they are crying for that light. The pride and arrogance in our world today is saying what it really wants, but is putting it in a way that is rejecting it. I don't know if I'm making sense. <laughs> the real cry, when you hear those that say, I don't want God, I hate God, what they're saying is, I'm crying, I want to know God. 
but there is a pride in the heart of men that does not allow them to articulate the words they need. That is why even when Jesus the healer, Jesus the son of God, the son of man, stood in front of many people, he was still asking them, what do you want me to do? Because the pride in the heart of man may say, even though he can see that he's blind, the proud man can say, I don't want you to do anything for me. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not being blasphemous. Look at what happened in John 5. Remember that man at Bethesda? Jesus came to him. He said, do you want to be made well? The man said, I have no man. Is that not the same thing? The one who can make you well said, do you want to make, be made well? He said, I have no man to lift me and put me in the pool. Because there is something about man that is arrogant. It is of the devil. 1 John 4, 4 tells us that it is the God of this world. He blinds the minds of the unbelievers. And he makes it very difficult for them to comprehend the truth of the gospel. So every one of us must understand, like the Bible says, we must let our light so shine. We must be intentional about reaching people and making sure. That is why when you speak to somebody the first time and you try to show them the love of God and they reject it and they rebuff it, don't run away. Because what it is, is that there is a cry. That rejection is a cry that you have to overcome. That is why Jesus said, you let your light so shine. And you have a powerful tool in your good works. When you keep loving and you let your good works overtake, the Bible says, do not be overcome by evil, Romans 12, 21, but overcome evil with what? With good. So you keep doing good, you keep loving, you keep smiling. You said hello today. They said, hmm, that doesn't matter. Say it tomorrow. <laughs> Hallelujah. Say it again tomorrow. It doesn't matter. But if you let your own pride and ego come in, you say the last time you said hello to them, they said, hmm, so you are not going to say anything tomorrow. Hallelujah. You don't let it come in. You just keep loving. You just keep loving. You keep letting your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We are to manifest as light by walking with the Lord and rejecting the works of darkness. The devil will keep doing everything he can to make us people who will also side by side with the light we are carrying always be clothed with darkness. We have to be casting off the works of darkness every time. Ephesians chapter 5. We have to keep casting it off. We were once there, but we have to recognize that the devil will keep wanting to put us back there. There was a man in Zechariah chapter 3 called Joshua the high priest. That man was a very loving, God-fearing man, but the devil found a way to put a bad cloth on him, and it was the cloth of filthiness. And God had to say that the Lord rebuked Satan. Take it off him because he is already justified. He is a sanctified man. Every one of us must learn from that. That that is why the devil will keep doing everything he can to put on you pride, anger, bitterness. He will keep trying to put in your mind every kind of negative things. And you have to walk against them. Look at Ephesians 5. If you want to shine this light, you must walk with the Lord and reject the works of darkness consistently. Ephesians 5 from verse 8. He said, For you were once darkness, but are now the light in the Lord. You were once darkness, but are now the light in the Lord. Walk as children of light because it is your choice. You have to walk as children of light. You have to take the path of the children of light. It is not automatic. If you leave yourself, you will not walk as a child of light. He said, you were once darkness, you are now light. So walk as children of light in the Lord. Verse 10, verse 9. 
He said, for the fruit of the Spirit in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. The fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness. The children of light are children, are people who carry the goodness of God everywhere they go. They are not bitter people. They are not people who are easily offended. They are not people who are easily irritated. They are not people who are easily made tired. They carry the goodness of God. They manifest the righteousness of God. They always want to deal in truth. This is the way we walk as children of light. We don't walk as children of light only by singing that song I gave you a few minutes ago. We walk as children of light by continuing to intentionally manifest goodness. It says all goodness. We are intentional about walking in righteousness and in truth. The word of God is the truth of God. The righteousness of God is the nature of God that we have been given. Verse 10 says, finding out what is, the, what is acceptable to the Lord. We have to keep in every case, walking by the Holy Spirit, we are asking what is acceptable. What is acceptable? What should I do in this matter? Should I respond in this matter? Or should I be quiet in this matter? How should I handle this child? How should I handle this person at work? Always finding what is acceptable. Because what is acceptable in one situation may not be acceptable in another situation. Always understanding what the will of the Lord is, another translation says. Verse 10 says, verse 11 says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful work of darkness, but rather keep exposing them. You want to walk as children of light? You must shun every unfruitful work of darkness. The Bible says, in, remember where we read in Matthew 5, 14, he said, nobody lights a light, verse 15, and puts it under a basket, but he puts it rather on a lampstand so that it can shine to everyone who is in the room. There are many baskets that will keep trying to cover your light. And every one of us must understand them. The first one, obviously, is the basket of sin. A sinful lifestyle will make it very difficult. And you see, when we talk about this sinful lifestyle, many believers do not understand that the Bible says if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Many believers are quick to say, well, that's not me. Obviously, that's not me. But you see, until you evaluate your life very well and you find that there are certain things that are in your life that should no longer be there, then you will find that those things continue to hinder your light from shining as they ought to. Sin is disgraceful. Sin is a retarder. Sin is a coverer. Sin does not allow a person to prosper. The Bible says he who covers his sin will not prosper. But he who confesses and renounces them obtains the mercy of God. So you walk on yourself. How am I defeating this anger? How am I overcoming this attitude of mind that it so makes it easily, easy for me to tell a lie without even thinking, without even blinking? Those are spots that want to make a mar of your light and you have to keep denouncing them and rejecting them and pleading the blood of Jesus to help you. Every one of us must understand that it is a personal determination. Sin is a mocker. It's a sinker. It makes your testimony very heavy. When, uh, when I go and train ministers, any kind of ministers, pastors, leaders, youth leaders, whoever they are, minister, song, especially song leaders, and um, in the last few decades, God has helped me to train many people across the world and different times in different ways. This is one, I, one thing I say. There is one thing about a gift to do ministry. There is another thing about the lifestyle of the minister. When a minister stands in front of people, 10% of what he's saying or singing is what they're hearing. 90% of everything else that is ministering to them is his life or her life. 
So when we don't deal with that 90% and we so perfect that 10%, we wonder why the ministry is not as effective and as impactful as it ought to be. But because there is something about integrity, there is something about a lifestyle that we have to keep maintaining and working hard. The Bible says you must keep examining yourself about it every time. We are not living in the fear of condemnation or in the fear of, 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 uh, we're not living in a legalistic way, but we are living rather in a way where God has commanded that we should live so that we can be bearers of this light. Every one of us must work hard at it. Sin will not ruin your testimony. In the mighty name of Jesus. Pray very hard. Nobody is above sin, no matter who you are. The man that was the first person that saw the, 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 in the story of the Good Samaritan, the first person was a priest. The first person that walked away was a priest. Maybe he has even just finished preaching about loving your neighbor. <laughs> That's why the Bible didn't say so, but maybe. So it doesn't matter. It could be a priest. They can call you bishop, you know, archbishop. It doesn't matter. Sin is knocking at the door, waiting to consume. Anyone he can, because he knows, the devil knows that the moment there can be harboring of sin, it will become very difficult. You must live a life that is one. This is my telephone, if not that, maybe there could be confidential matters of people, people's private life that I'm counseling. That is the only thing I can say I would not allow my children. If not, they know the password, they know everything. There's nothing there. There's no hidden text from any woman anywhere that is a secret. <laughs> no time for that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because those things mar you. Those things mar you. I'm in the business world. I do business with people around the world, especially around the country, as a consultant. Now, a lot of them see me post things online. If I was defrauding them when I'm supposed to pay them and everything, what message do I have? They will put message there. When I say, God, Jesus says, they will say, pay my money first. <laughs> I know, but pay my money first. <laughs> if I'm mowing people all over the place and defrauding them and cheating them when I'm supposed to pay them, <laughs> they will come to my page and say, thank you very much, but pay my <laughs> So you have no, there's no place to hide. You, you have one life to live. When you are driving on the street and that person comes in front of you and he honks and he does this crazy thing, you know, just, just hold your peace. <laughs> hold your peace. Don't give it back to them. And say, after all, we are not in church. <laughs> because they may be the person that you will welcome to church the following Sunday. <laughs> you never know with God. Hallelujah. Always remember, I have lived like this for many years. Every time you are living, especially those times when nobody is there, before you take a decision, think yourself. Think your spouse, if you are married. Think your children. Think your church. Think the kingdom of God. That this decision I'm about to take, this action I'm about to take, how is it going to tarnish the light of myself, my spouse, my children, my family, my, my church, and the body of Christ as a whole. So we must not, those are baskets that we must not allow. There are some other baskets, because of time, I'll just touch on them very quickly. Intimidation. Many people are intimidated by others. If we say we have the real product, if you say you truly have eternal life, why should you be intimidated in sharing that good news with somebody else. 
Don't be intimidated. If you are sure of what you have, you give it. People who are sure of things that are not even important, they go out openly to defend them. They go out openly. When I was living in Wolverhampton almost 20 years ago, I lived in Dunkley Street, very close to the Wanderers football station, uh, stadium. And uh, it used to amaze me. I had just come to the country a few years, a couple of years then. But it used to amaze me how people will come out in that blazing cold to a team. At that point in time, that team was really struggling. They are doing better, much better now, I believe. Those of you that follow football, I believe they are doing better now. Yeah, they have for some time, I believe. But that time, they were really struggling. Every match, almost every match, they lost. But you saw these fans will come out in the cold. So, we're going again. <laughs> and they're always there. And I told my wife, I said, people are passionate about a team that is losing. <laughs> Why then should I not be passionate about Jesus who has won the ultimate victory? Hallelujah. <laughs> I should be passionate about the one who has won and won forever. He's no more competing with anybody. So we have, to not, we have to refuse intimidation, refuse fear, refuse manipulation. People will try to manipulate you. you. You are trying to show love to them. They are trying to cheat you out of it. They are trying to do things. The Bible says, be gentle as dove, but be wise as serpents. So you are showing love, but you are also careful to know that you will not allow yourself to be manipulated. Very quickly, I want to take us through a few things that we need to do as part of our shining light. Of course, there are many things, but I'll just touch on a few. The first one, obviously, very paramount, is that we must be bearers of the good news of salvation. We must be bearers of the good news of salvation. Look at what happened in Acts chapter 13. Saul and Barnabas had just been separated unto the Lord. The Bible says in verse 47, thank you. Say, for the Lord commanded us, I have set you as a what? Light to the Gentiles. That you should be for the salvation to the ends of the earth. Verse 48 says, Now, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad. They are waiting to hear it. When they heard it, they were glad. And they glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. But they could not believe until they heard. And they, until they were glad. And they could not be glad until they heard. And they could not have heard until we proclaim. So we must proclaim so that they can hear. And when they hear, they will be glad. And when they are glad, then they can believe because they have been appointed to believe. Every one of us must understand we are the bearers of the good news of salvation. Verse 48 says, and the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the regions. The word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the regions because the light to the Gentiles were spreading the light. Many of us as believers do not understand that wherever we are, we always think of ministry as what we do on a Sunday. When we come to church, that is ministry. And then every other day, we are just waiting for the next Sunday to go and do ministry. <laughs> ministry is what we should be doing from those days in between when we actually physically gather again. That is where the real ministry is. What we do here, according to Ephesians chapter 4, is an equipping it's like a train, it's like a charging center, a service station. So when we gather together like this, the work of the ministry in the pastors, the, the evangelists, the teachers, the, the, the prophets and apostles is to equip the saints 
for the work of the ministry. Imagine yourself like a charge, a charge, a, 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 a charging lantern. You know, you are a light source that needs to be charged. Then when they remove the charge, you remember those kind of lanterns that you charge that we use for camping and all those kind of things? You charge them up, and then when you go out where there is no power source, you put them on, and then they can be used like, like you know, light, light sources, yeah? Remember those? And um, when, see church, like when you come together and you are charging all the lamps, like everybody sat here now is a lamp. The Bible says that you are a light of the world, that you are a city set on a hill that cannot be hid, and that you are put on a lampstand. So see yourself like a lamp like that. And when you come to church like this, the purpose of a Sunday like this is to charge you up again, fire you up with the word of God, teach you, encourage you, exhort you, pray for you. Pray for those things that are hindering your own life. Those things that are trying to cover your own bushel. This is the work of the church. This is not where we shine to each other per se. But this is a place where we come to be refreshed, to be charged. So that when we go out to that place we work, that sector we work, from tomorrow and every day of work life, or even tonight, wherever you go to work, you continue to let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. The Bible says, and the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region because everyone who was a bearer of the light was shining it. You see, we have believers today that will say, Pastor, I don't like my workplace. You say, why? Everybody there is very bad. I say, that's why you are there. <laughs> they say, everybody there is very bad. They're horrible people. Yes, that's why you are there. God knows that they are in darkness. That is why you are the light that's gone there. So instead of feeling frustrated about the place, you pray. And you say, Lord, what is the wisdom that I need to shine my light in this place? I'm not trivializing how challenging some of this may be, especially in our modern times. But with the wisdom of God, God now starts to show you. And let me tell you one secret, friends. If God knows that you are a bearer of light, you will never lack work to do. If God knows that you bear his light everywhere you walk, you will never lack, in fact, you will never lack good work to do. I've tested it for over 30 years. Anywhere I reach, I start doing his work, however the wisdom is. Before I know it, promotion, lifting. Because, like I said, why should he keep giving you more power and more authority if you are not going to use it? Why, why should he do it? He will look for the next person. Every one of us must understand this. I say this very respectfully and thankfully as well, and I pray everyone under the sound of my voice, whether online or here, will understand this has nothing to do with pride. It is gratitude to God, but it helps to reinforce this point. When we came to take this building, I sent my wife here on May the 27th, 2013, when I was driving past, some of you know the story, I was going to Dubai for some work to do for my university, and we've been looking for a place. We've been praying since January, since November before that time. We've been praying right through up to that time. We've gone everywhere. We didn't find places. We were almost signing for a place in Bilston back in Wolverhampton. And um, uh, we had even gone to negotiate. I was to travel for a week. And the following weekend when I got back, I would seal the deal and, uh, you know, tell the guy. And uh, everything was okay. But that Sunday morning, I was being driven to the airport and we got to that pedestrian crossing just across on Green Lane. And the Holy Spirit stopped me in the midst of the taxi man who knows me very well and my colleague. And everybody was talking, you know. 
how many of you know that taxi people like to talk a lot? <laughs> it's a gift for them. I don't know where they got it from. Even where you want to sleep, they are still talking. <laughs> anyway, he was talking and talking and saying, where are you going next? And blah, 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 blah. And we were engaging. Suddenly, in the midst of all that talk, as if nobody was talking again, then I heard the voice. He said, now look to your left. See that building? It's available. Friends, I live just two streets across the road. Those of you that know my house, just two, we're, 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 we're just five minutes away. You know, you can walk it in ten minutes up to our house. But I never thought, I was knew that there's a building here, but I never, all the time, looking everywhere else, never considered it. But when the Holy Ghost wanted to show us, he said, now look to your left. That building is available. And I saw at the side of the building, for sale, and may rent, and all that. And something happened to me. It was as if the way God spoke to me, he spoke to all the pastors that were in Warsaw. <laughs> at the same time, I called my wife as if it was a secret call. <laughs> I said to her, I said, please, whatever you do, tomorrow, Monday, go to that building and tell the landlord we want it. He said, really? He said, yes. So I, I, I traveled and uh, to cut the long story short, some of you know the story very well, so I'll, I'll try and cut it short. But the reality is that when she came here, God gave us favor. But the first thing the landlord said, which is my main emphasis for this morning, is that somebody who was also a church, an already established church, came to look at it recently, but they said it was too big for them. This was an established church. God is my witness. I am not walking there. I don't even know who that church is today, by the way. But I'm just trying to tell you how important it is for you to engage with whatever God gives to you. Because he will move to the next person. He will move to the next person. And you know what he said? He said, we've been, he said I wanted to, we've been wanting to give this place to a church. But a church came the other time and they said it was too big for them. And he said, do you have a branch somewhere before? My wife said, no, this is the first church plant. He said, okay. Are you sure that it's okay? He said, yes. He said, when my husband comes back from Dubai... That we discuss. When he heard Dubai, all his heart melted <laughs> because he thought only very, very wealthy people go to Dubai to do business. <laughs> he didn't know that. I didn't have more than 200 pounds <laughs> and my flight ticket <laughs> and hotel reservation. But God used that to create an impression of this business mogul who goes to Dubai to do business and is doing ministry. So the man was so respectful. When I came back, we were talking about Dubai and so on and so forth. But I never forgot that testimony when he said some people came before. What am I trying to say, friends? We can pray for promotion. We can pray for increase. We can pray for advancement. But what are you doing with where you are today? What are you doing with the opportunity God is giving to you today to shine? I learned in my work life that when God puts you in a place, the first thing you are doing is, Lord, what am I to be doing here? Who am I to affect here? How am I to make a positive change here? Whatever it is, as you start to engage with it, you see God promoting you. I say you will see God promoting you. In the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 26, verse 16. He said, but rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both to the things which you have seen and the things which I will yet reveal to you. Verse 17 says, I will deliver you from the Jewish people, this is talking to Paul now, as well as from the Gentiles to whom I send you. Verse 18. Let's read verse 18 together, everybody. Verse 18. To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sin 
an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. I am sending you to them. You are already part of me. You are already sanctified by faith in me. But I want all those others that you are looking at on a daily basis who are seemingly lost and not knowing what next to do. I want them also to receive the forgiveness of sins. I want them also to turn from the power of Satan to God. I want them also to turn from darkness to light. And God will be using every one of us in Jesus' name. It is very important that we understand this. You see, when you have the privilege of experiencing time and space, you have something to pass on to others. When you have passed through time, there are many times I, I, I tell my youngsters at home things that happened in the 70s, things that happened in the 80s that I remember very clearly as a child growing up. And I tell them how life was when there were no telephones, no fax machines. I, I ask myself these days how we ever survived those times. But that is for another day. My mother would send me in the boarding house in secondary school, she would send me a letter. We exchanged letters every month because one letter, her letter would take two weeks to get to me. And when I reply almost immediately the day after, it would take two weeks to get back to her. So that is all the communication for the month. <laughs> that was how things were in the 80s, very early 80s. But you know something? I can live through that time and I can relate with it. And I can tell them things that today I can tell them that it's a privilege for us to have those things at our disposal because I've lived through time. And I've lived through space. When you've been in different areas and different things, there is something that you can share with many people coming into that space. This kingdom of God that we're in now is a space that we have come in to occupy we are enjoying it. We can see the peace in it. We can see the joy in it. We can see the assurance in it of salvation and the hope of eternal glory in it. We must be willing to tell others, come into this space. Come into this space. There is joy in this space. Hallelujah. We must be willing to be bearers of that good news. The Bible says Christ, God, has translated us from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, Jesus Christ. So we are in that new space. And when you are in a new space that you are enjoying and you know you should be glad to tell others about it. Now, like I've said over and over, people may tell you they don't want to be there. They don't even believe in it and all that. But you keep loving. The same way you responded to the love of God one day. Don't forget it's not about you. It's about him. He is the one who will convict. He is the one who will convert. Many of us want to do the work of the evangelist and the work of the Holy Spirit at the same time. You will be frustrated. If you want to do the work of the Holy Spirit for him, he will not argue with you, but you yourself will be frustrated. <laughs> because you can't do that work. That is a work reserved only for the Holy Spirit. Your only is to pray and say, Holy Spirit, help me to show love to this man today. Help me to show love to this lady today. Help me to show love to this neighbor today. And then you will find God working. I say you will find God working. In the name of Jesus. Secondly, let us be good examples. Let us be good examples. Let us not be Bible-bashing people who have no example. You fight everybody. You are late to work. You are the one that always spoils the work. And then you come and say, Jesus loves you. They will tell you, I don't want that Jesus. <laughs> that your Jesus is a chaotic Jesus. <laughs> I don't want him. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. The Bible says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Verse 14. Let's read verse 14 together. 
Look at this. Christians, let's read verse 14. Everywhere you are, read it with me. Let's go. Do all things without complaining and disputing. Do all things without complaining and disputing. Natural instincts in our modern times like to complain. Have you noticed that people complain a lot? People just like to complain. People like to complain. When the weather is like this, they say it's too bright. When it goes dull, they say, oh, it's too dull. When it is wet, it's too wet. When it is not wet, they say it's too dry. What do you want? <laughs> People just enjoy. The flesh likes complaining. The children of Israel were delivered from slavery, taken to a promised land that is full of milk and honey. In the wilderness, they say, where is cucumber? We want cucumbers again. God said, you don't need those. I'm now going to give you quail. I'm going to give you manna. I'm going to give you all those things. They say, no. Then later they say, where is water? People just complain, complain. Okay, we have manna. Now where is water? <laughs> so you must, as part of how you are a good example, one of the things that draws people to a Christian is when you find that you don't complain like everybody else. Everybody is complaining about the boss. Don't join them. Every, even if the man is truly or the woman is truly that kind of person, find a way with the wisdom of God not to join them. If you find that you can't hold your mouth from talking, walk away from there. Where you want to talk, say, hmm. <laughs> Refuse to say anything. But if your mouth wants to just join the juicy talk, you just stand up and walk away. <laughs> Don't complain. God hates murmuring. Part of how they will see you as a good example is when they see that you also don't, you don't complain, you don't murmur. They don't hear you complain about your spouse. They don't hear you complain about your children. So they are always seeing and watching. And then when they have issues, they say, you know something? I noticed that you've never talked like this. You've never complained like this. Then it opens a line of communication. Many, many years ago, I was trying to encourage a Muslim friend of mine. He lives in Libya now. He was doing his PhD here in this country that time. And um, he said to me, he said, David, and he was having, he was just married about a year. Young, young, very young marriage. And they were having issues already. They just moved to the country about a year after their marriage and all that. And they were having a lot of issues. And I called him. I said, you know, you can live better with your wife. You can just use some wisdom, understand her. She's young. Take her out. I know your, your uh, religion may not allow you to go to every kind of place, but at least go to the park, do some of those things. If you bury your head in this PhD, you will never have time for her. And just encouraging her like that. He said to me, David, you know I've done all those things. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, the problem is that your wife is much better than my wife. Then I said, ah, you mean? <laughs> you see, in, the, in his own imagination, he thought that, I'm not, I'm not saying my wife is a bad person, but it shows you that he doesn't know that it's wisdom to live with somebody else. This is the point. He said, your wife is much better. I said, do you know my wife? He said, I know what I can see. I said, okay, thank God for what you see. <laughs> we are the ones that know how, we, how she manages me and how I manage her, but at the same time, we enjoy each other. Praise the Lord. So you just have to show that good example. You don't know who is watching. And you don't know how God can use you as a light to reach them. Number three, be a channel of hope to others. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 3. He said, the Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Whether you like it or not, people are looking for you, looking to you for solutions. They may not say it. 
They may not always paint it like that, but you must understand that it is set up. The world system is set up such that your light, Isaiah 60 from verse 1 says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. That glory is on you, whether you like it or not. It marks you out. And every time they keep coming to the brightness of your light, to the brightness of your rising. He said he has given you that. He said, lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather, verse 4. He said, they all gather. He said, they come to you. Your sons shall come from afar. Your daughters shall be nursed at your sight. You just need to be sensitive. Be sensitive every time. Be sensitive every time to see where those people are coming and how they are coming. Be sensitive on social media. Now, I'm very careful about that now, but, you know, there are people who will message you privately. Not everybody who messages you, and I know you get tons of messages in your inbox and you get scammers and so on and so forth. I'm aware of that. I get them too. But I don't always just see everybody as a scammer. There are some messages that come through and the Holy Spirit will tell you, this person needs real help. This person, this person needs real help. And when you engage in reality, you find that it is so. Now, again, please, I put a disclaimer on that. I didn't say respond to every message you find. Let God lead you. If he doesn't lead you to do so, feel free to be acting the way you wish. But don't turn everybody down. It's just like everybody that stops you on the road and is asking for a tenor. They are not asking for a tenor so that they, not all of them take it to go and use drugs and, and do things. Don't assume that. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Because some really, really have not had something to eat. Yes, you can say that there is a lifestyle that can be addressed and all that, but there is a wisdom. The Bible says they will come to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes. Keep observing. That way we give hope to others. Isaiah 42 verse 6 says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles. Say, I'm a light to the Gentiles. Say, I am a light to those who are being saved. Why? Verse 7 says, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, to those who sit in darkness from the prison house. There's so many things that God wants to use you and I to do in this life. If we don't cooperate with him, we will keep robbing ourselves. I want you to know this. I say this again, by the grace of God, hoping you will understand I found that every time I stepped up in my giving life, giving to the things of God and blessing people, I find God stepping up his own commitment to avenues of blessing. (laughs) Have you noticed that? When you step up and make up your mind, the problem we have is we keep thinking, I am limited, I can't do, I can't do more than this. This church is still at this stage, this is where we are, and so on and so forth. We keep limiting ourselves. And God is not not necessarily unhappy with us, but it limits us because we stifle a law. The Bible says it is more blessed to do what? To give than to receive. If you keep going to work with an attitude that is positive, yes, you need promotion. Do you think God does not know you need promotion? He knows you need promotion. But if you go to the workplace with an attitude of wanting to help others, you know something, and somebody in the team is struggling to know it. Don't say, if I tell them, they will now know more than me. (laughs) Keep giving it. Keep giving it. Because, you see, the more you give, the more God blesses you, and he opens your mind into things. Every one of us must understand that we are called to be light, and we must be a channel of hope to others. People must be able to look at you 
and say, I want to follow you to your God. I want to follow you. It may not come in one instant. I want to follow you. I have looked at your life. Friends, I can tell you, like I've always said jokingly, if I show you some messages from Muslims and people who don't go to church and some who go to church as well, that they send to me privately on social media telling me how much this church is blessing them, believe me, it amazes me. And all I say every time is, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. They talk about the choir. They talk about our messages and things. And many people, many times, in fact, some, one just told me in the course of the week, he said, I know you can hardly see my evidence there, but that I'm always there every Sunday. What I'm trying to say here is that you don't know who you are affecting. We pray every day, Monday to Friday in this church, every morning. Those of you that pray, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. And we pray Monday to Friday, but it is for those souls. Every one of us must understand that we are a channel of hope to others. When you come into a room, when you come into your workplace, let it be that people are happy to see you. Every time you are on leave, let it be that they, 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 it is, there is an effect. They know that you are away. There is no job in 30 years by the grace and mercies of God that I have resigned from to move to another job that I did not have to do it very carefully not to affect their emotions. Because there's no way. I can't leave a place and they say, ah, thank God. <laughs> God, thank you. You've answered our prayers. This guy is leaving finally. <laughs> no, no. And it's not something you do mechanically. You just pray and let God give you. He said, the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. So you go in knowing fully well that you cannot afford to let God down. They are, you are a light and you, are, you must be a source of hope to others there. And you see, when you show love and you show those things, you don't know who next. God has positioned in line to perfect the work you have started. Look out for ways to help people, being hope to people. Because if you show love and then somebody now comes later on and is able to tell them even further, they will say, oh, you're a Christian also. I know a Christian in my workplace. This is what they did for me. This is how they helped me in my difficult time. And we never really got a chance to talk about these things. But now that you are saying it, I can understand and I can put the picture together. Do you understand what I'm saying? And then through that person, they may be saved. Or through you, if somebody has already done some work before. But what is the problem we have today? Christians showing bad example. So when you come and you talk about the same Jesus, they will say, ask you, to say, which church do you go first? When you say, is, the church, that, ah, is it the same place? That person goes, okay, thank you very much. <laughs> May God not make your testimony like that. In the name of Jesus. Let it be that when they say, you mean that person goes to your church? I like that. They are so good. Not that if they say that person, they say, I, I don't think I want to come there. I love you, but I don't think. <laughs> no, 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 no. Your testimony must be such that it's drawing people to God constantly. Finally, be an ambassador of God's praiseworthiness. Be an ambassador of God's praiseworthiness. First Peter 2, 9 tells us, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are his own special people to proclaim the praises of him. 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 Who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are in that marvelous light. Your work is to keep proclaiming his praises. What does that mean? Keep sharing the good news and the testimonies of God in your life. Don't let anything stop you from sharing testimonies. The Bible says you are not a people. 
but now you are the people of God. Verse 10. You who were not a people, but are now the people of God. You had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. Every believer has one paramount testimony. Jesus Christ has saved us from the dominion of darkness. That's our base testimony. Then every other thing we enjoy in this life, we must continue to give everywhere, everything God does for us. Now, I'm aware that at times we need to be kind of discreet and wise. That's fine. But let us understand that whatever God is doing must be shared. When you share your testimony, what you are saying to the glory of God is that you are, you are declaring his praiseworthiness. He said, let the people praise you, O God. Let the people praise you. He said, then the earth shall yield forth her increase. When people, when you praise the Lord, what happens is that there is an increase of harvest of souls that come towards your testimony. May God make us a people of testimony indeed. In the mighty name of Jesus. I want to close on this scripture. Because to be a shining light or to be shining lights, we must be practitioners of truth. I want us to read 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. Said, so This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light. In him is no darkness at all. Somebody say, No darkness at all. Verse 6 says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we walk in darkness, we do not practice the truth. Verse 7. Let's read verse 7 together. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Let us understand that what will make our light shine brighter and brighter is having genuine fellowship. Christians gather. But in many cases, fellowship is no longer genuine. How can you be in a place where you are being charged up to serve God with other believers and you are in acrimonious relationships with some of them? At times, even your own spouse. We must not allow things like that to be festering and to continue to grow in our midst. We have to deal with them. Keep your mind clean. Keep your mind clean all the time. When your mind is clean, you can think, you can love, you can do so many things. Forgive very quickly. When people offend you, forgive and work hard not to be an offense to other people. As long as you are in this world, you will be a potential offender. And you will also be a potential offendee, if there is a word like that. <laughs> if there is offender, there should be offendee. <laughs> You could be offended easily. It's a choice. It's a choice. What can offend somebody, this person, may not necessarily offend the other person. Because this, this person decided that, no, I refuse to be offended. So let us learn. The Bible says we have fellowship with one another. It makes our light shine much brighter. Every one of us must be intentional about our work with Christ. And so I want to encourage us this morning to be shining lights is serious business. He said, walk as children of light. We must be people demonstrating evidence of the fruit of the Spirit every time. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, uh, faithfulness, self-control. Every time, every time, non-negotiable. Because there is something that God wants to do in our world to others through us. But it will take our decision today to walk as children of light. 
I pray that God will grant us the grace to walk as children of light. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let's rise to our feet and lift up our hands.